I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast Thing 2021. Baby, oh yeah. Welcome to Luke's Massive Storytelling Podcast thing. My name is Luke and this is my thing. Bob, how are you doing? I hope you're all okay. I hope you're I hope you've all had a fantastic drink today. And I don't mean alcoholic, it could be any kind of drink, but you've got to stay hydrated, okay? You've got to. Uh, me, I've drank a lot of coffee today. Um so if anything, I've probably been dehydrating myself because coffee is um whatever they call it. It's a dehydrator. It's a dehydratinator. <laughs> you can tell I'm not with it. Um, okay, so uh, what the hell is going on? Um, I have, this week, I have been working on the game a little bit more. I've done a new build of that, a Mac version and a Windows version. It'll be in the Dropbox link in the show notes if you want to give it a go. It's really getting there. It's, it's started to look like a, a real finished, polished game. Um, my new book is out, The Run Fantastic. Um, it's a 35,000 word bizarro uh, adventure about a man who dies and then goes for a run. It's um, I think it's a lot of fun, um, but it's a bit of a tough sell. I don't know how many people out there are after something quite as bizarre as this, but I think if you give it a go, you'll enjoy it. Also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but one of my goals for this quarter was to pay off my credit card. And I did it. It's all paid off. Thank God for that. Such a weight off my chest uh, to to pay that off. Um, Yeah, debt's not a good thing. Don't get into debt, guys. Um, What else? So yeah, so we're coming up to September tomorrow. Uh, So I was looking over my quarterly goals and I was thinking about Okay, what have I got left to do? What have I got left to tick off the box? Tick off the box? Tick off... Tick tick the... uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. What have I got left to tick off? (laughs) So my health goals, 12 weeks freeletics course, which is like a a little exercise program. I have no problems with that whatsoever so far. I think I'm going to do that. Uh, Also, a health goal, see a chiropractor... I booked the appointment today. So that's on the cards. Professional goals, launched the, the other story's best of collection. Uh, we're kind of, that's in the process of it's happening as we speak. Um, also launched Run Fantastic. That is also happening as we speak. Write more Dustin Fingers. Um, I put it 20,000 words and I've written 19,000 words or thereabouts. So I've pretty much done that as well. Um, make a short comic. Um, 
this is this is going to happen. We're two pages are done. We've got four more pages to go, and I should have it ready to print, all ready for Thought Bubble, the comic convention. So that is happening. What else we got here? Uh, a Kickstarter campaign prep for a secret project. Um, I mean, this is in the works. It'll be a while, to be honest. Um, the book itself is, is pretty much done. But I'm a little bit nervous about it. Doing a little Kickstarter campaign. I don't know. It's not the done thing to do. What else? Um... I put here finish or going to die, which is the game. Um, and the reason I put that is that's 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 all part and parcel with me trying to land uh, a game development gig. So that's all that's in there. What else we got here? Finance, pay off the credit card. Uh, that was that's done. Um, make it. Um, oh yeah, ignore that. Also, there are the relationship goals. Set a wedding date. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, well, well, it will happen. It will happen. No letters this week, but that's okay. Because we have an amazing interview with Michael David Wilson today. If I sound a bit weird in this interview, and if maybe Michael sounds a bit strange, it's because he's in Japan. I'm in England. I got up quite early to interview him. And I get up early anyway, but I, my brain just doesn't work in the same way in the morning. So I think I sound a little bit giddy in this recording. Some factoids about Michael David Wilson. He's the founder of the popular UK horror website podcast and small press This Is Horror. He's a professional writer, editor and a podcaster and has worked for companies such as 2000 AD, Terrorizer and Broken River Books. His novella The Girl in the Video um, was published by... was published by Perpetual Motion Machine Publishing um, on 28th of April 2020. And in 2021, that's this year, Grindhouse Press are publishing his second novella, House of Bad Memories. His work has appeared in various publications, including no- including the No Sleep Podcast, Dark Moon Digest, Lit Reactor, Hawk and Cleaver's The Other Stories, and Scream! He's also a professional ESL teacher and graduate of the University of Warwick's English Literature and Creative Writing Programme. You can connect with him on Twitter at, at WilsonTheWriter or go to hit Instagram and it's at WilsonTheWriter. Okay, let's do a quick intro. Michael, you you already know this, but you are the king of This Is Horror. One of the, one of, I think that maybe the biggest horror fiction websites on the internet. Uh, at what point will you declare... This is horror as a sovereign nation that your first steps towards global domination. Also, how are you doing today? Well, I mean, it's a very good question. And I think really in terms of declaring this is horror as a sovereign nation, it should really be when we mark 10 years of podcasting. So I believe that will be February 2023. So... I'm putting you all on notice. That's when it's happening. <laughs> so get ready. As to how I am, yeah, very well. Thank you. How the hell are you doing? I'm not, I'm not too bad. 2013, 
you were in the podcasting game very early. Were there other, I mean, I think 2011 was when I first started listening to podcasts, maybe. Were you like one of the earliest horror ones, do you think? I think certainly in terms of the horror fiction space, particularly the horror fiction interview space, which I appreciate is probably quite a niche anyway. But yeah, in terms of that, I think we were the first, but the inspiration for this as horror was a combination of the Geek's Guide to the Galaxy, who were doing kind of sci-fi and fantasy interviews, horror, etc., which were two guys who were very well-read and well-watched in terms of horror. They often analyzed horror movies and like the podcasts were like two or three hours long. And then Booked Podcast, and Booked was, again, another interview show, and they covered some horror, but also sci-fi, also crime. So we were the first that said, right, let's combine a little bit of all three of those shows that we were big fans of, and let's have these conversations with masters of horror. And, you know, we fine-tuned that formula, and... Here we are, I believe, over eight years and over 400 episodes later. Do you ever find, see, we did it for nearly 10 years. Well, what was it, eight, eight years later? But, well, you've been doing it for a long time. Do you ever feel the burnout? Because, as you know, I'm a long-time podcaster as well. There are some weeks when I'm just very tired, and um, I, I do find it a little bit more difficult. Do you ever find that? I mean, I think the secret to kind of keeping inspired is to keep it fresh and to want to kind of constantly grow and constantly change what I'm doing. So, I mean, I I very rarely feel burnout or resentment towards the podcast. I mean, I have had burnout before purely because I'm working too fucking much. Like I'm writing, I'm podcasting, I'm editing, I'm also teaching. But, you know, that might be a result of my stupidity to take on too many things as opposed to because, you know, I'm I'm sick of the podcasting. But in terms of keeping it fresh, I mean, every hundred episodes, we kind of review what we're doing. And so... After episode 400, we said, right, for the next 100 episodes, we're only going to have five repeat guests. So the other guests will be people we've never spoken to before on the podcast. And we're also going to branch out in terms of talking to people within the movie industry as well. So episode 400, we spoke with Jeffrey Reddick, the creator of final destination yeah i've noticed you've uh, been dipping your toes more into not not specifically horror fiction but some horror movie or oh, uh, what's his name cullen burn as well you had him recently who's more yeah, of a, yeah. A comics uh, a yeah comics writer. yeah and we spoke with anthony johnston the head yeah. writer on resident evil village and as a huge fan of Resident Evil. I wasn't going to pass up the opportunity to talk about the game for a couple of hours. Yeah. Well, so I know I know that you're a big 
fan of Silent Hill and horror <laughs> games in general. Yes. Uh, take me back to the young Michael and tell me about what young Michael is doing. Is he reading horror fiction? Is he playing horror games? What is Michael up to back in the day? <laughs> I mean, how young do you want me to go? Uh, as young as you feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you, I guess no. I feel comfortable. I mean, it's not like, there's not a specific age where I'm like, oh, fucking hell, I'm not comfortable, you know, talking about when I was four. That was a dark time. I was doing all sorts of shit. Well, I imagine but, you weren't playing Silent Hill 2 at the age of two. I mean, that would have been amazing seeing as it hadn't, you know, been that, created. Wow. But no, time I wasn't. baby. Yeah, yeah, that, that wasn't yeah. part of the agenda but i mean both video games and books and in fact horror have all been a part of my life from an early age in terms of like horror and ghost stories my grandmother used to tell me ghost stories from probably a far too young age i mean really as as I can't remember when she wasn't telling me ghost stories. I mean, she's not now. She doesn't like ring me up and it's like, fucking hell, here's another <laughs> one. But you know, when I'd, I'd go round to her house, I think even as, as young as like five or six, she'd tell me these kind of tales from like York and haunted pubs. And like there was a, a blend of fiction and supposed fact. And so that was absolutely fascinating and then my grandfather he proofread a lot of my early stories so I mean both grandparents were instrumental in in terms of my horror fiction interest and then in in terms of books that I was reading I mean I always gravitated towards the the horror and supernatural section i mean as a kid there there was goosebumps there were a few creepy books by a guy called robert swindells i believe was the name room 13 i think was pretty good and then yeah. getting into like secondhand bookstores the likes of james herbert and stephen king i mean carrie was one that I read pretty early on and thought, yeah, fucking hell, I like this stuff. And then to tie it into video games, I mean, I had my first console when I was four years old. The The first game was the classic Sonic the Hedgehog on the Mega Drive. Oh. Mega so, Drive 1. What was that? Mega Drive 1 or, or Mega Drive 2. Uh, so originally I had the Mega Drive 1 and then, you know, later bought the Mega Drive 2 because I, I guess I liked red buttons, which seemed to be really the big, <laughs> yeah. the big difference between the two consoles. Um, yeah. And, and I, I suppose oh, it's probably making a bit of a leap to call them horror tangential, but, you know, there was Streets of Rage, there was Golden Axe, there was Revenge of Shinobi, there was Altered Beast. I mean, yeah, you know, the, it was like fighting monsters and stuff like that. So that there was something genre going on. I mean, particularly with Golden Axe, that was like a proper quest, and you, you press the A button and a fucking dragon turns up to take care yeah. of shit. It was, 
Do you remember the name of the villain in Golden X? I think it, I think I know what it is, but he was like a big skull knight guy. I, I, I don't know. So, I mean, I know this. I think, and I'm sure the audience will correct. I think it's Death Adder. Does that ring any bells? Death Adder. <laughs> it, it doesn't, but I'm, I'm not sure if I uh, ever knew the name of the, the kind of baddie, as it were, in Golden Axe. Yeah. It might. You know, I I knew that I had to take care of business and take him out, and that's all that <laughs> that's all, all that mattered as a young kid. But I mean, going forward to to horror, I remember, you know, I, I used to go most Saturdays to uh, to Bromsgrove Market and check out the secondhand video games that they had and. The the guy who worked there, he, he kind of looked a bit like uh, the Hobgoblin mascot, and um, he recommended Resident Evil. Was you know, I mean, it's a different time back in the nineties. You could recommend a a a fifteen certificate game to a twelve year old. That was no worries. And I, I kind of feel like even though the games had certificates, um, like age ratings, like parents didn't seem to really notice them in those days. I mean, I was gladly kind of bought Grand Theft Auto and Resident Evil and Silent Hill. But yeah, yeah. as soon as I played Resident Evil, it was like, fuck, this is the best thing I have ever played. And like, I was... I was absolutely terrified, particularly that moment when when the hellhounds jump in through the window. What <laughs> the fuck? And, uh, yeah, like, I, I mean, because it was the first survival horror game that I played, it's always going to, you know, have a pretty special place in my horror heart. I mean, I went back and... And played Alone in the Dark, which came after, but that's, that's not really the right way to do it. You can't play Alone in the Dark after Resident Evil. You know, you've all, already seen how good it can get. And yeah, since then, anytime a Resident Evil comes out, even Resident Evil Gun Survivor, I will buy it and I will play it. And in most instances, I will love it. Not in all, you know. Resident Evil Six wasn't wasn't, wasn't impressive, and yeah. But you know, I mean that that's not a bad hit rate, you know. To get well, Resident they, Evil Eight is uh, is a, I had absolutely had a blast of it. I wouldn't say it's a perfect game, but it was a lot of fun. And it's awesome that you got to speak to Anthony Johnston, who also wrote uh, Dead Space, I think. He did. Um, he did. Yeah, we we um spoke to him a few years back and concentrated more on Dead Space. So you know, for people who want to listen to him talking about Dead Space and Resident Evil Village, those are two separate episodes of this is horror podcast. So enjoy. Have you? So you are you are a video game fan. Have you thought about getting into writing some video games or? Or, or trying to break into that that side of writing? I don't know. I mean, in terms of my non-fiction writing, I was writing a column for the local newspaper specifically on video games. 
from the age of 12. I mean, they didn't know that I was 12, but I figured out that, <laughs> like, I mean, I started a video games website and then I just wrote to Capcom and IDOS and Konami and Sony. And I was like, oh, I've got this website. Um, if you've got any games that you need me to review, then send them my way. You know, and, and this is kind of how we do it for book reviews and film reviews. You don't say, oh, uh, so I'd like to review this. I'm uh, 35 years old. And uh, <laughs> so, so you know, you're not going to say you're 12. They probably assumed as I was uh, having some kind of degree of confidence in requesting that I was over 18. But no, I was not. <laughs> And uh, then when I got those contacts, I contacted my local paper and I'm like, well, I've got this website, I've got contacts at Sony, contacts at Electronic Arts. They probably thought, oh, who's this big shot? (laughs) (laughs) So then I got... Yeah, yeah, then I got, um, you know, the the gig right in the, the weekly review column quite difficult to you know like playing and completing a game turning that into deadline and trying to do your GCSEs at the same time (laughs) but you know you you do what you got to do and it was it was a nice a nice little earner you know you could could sell them on eBay after (laughs) it's probably not what you meant to do but you man's got to get paid or a boy's got to get paid <laughs> as was the case yeah. then so, panda pops in. yeah I, um, yeah a lot of fucking say, panda pops with that money <laughs> you strike me even back then it sounds like you strike me as, as a a really confident uh person <laughs> would you say you're, you're a confident person i mean i i think i think to an extent yeah i mean i i think i take a lot of chances and I believe in myself and I'm I'm an optimistic person so even yeah. when life isn't treating me so kindly like I've got hope I've got a belief that things will get better and you know I, I think as well we have to to some extent create our own opportunities so that is exactly what I was doing even back then it's like don't wait to be handed this opportunity. I mean, no one was going to knock on the door and say, do you want to write a video games column for the Kidderminster Shuttle, you lovely 12-year-old boy? And if they (laughs) had, you know, don't fucking take a job from someone calling you a lovely 12-year-old boy. That's a red flag. Especially not now. (laughs) Especially (laughs) not now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. But... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I think as well, all of us writers and creatives, even if we don't think we're confident, we have a little bit of confidence and we have a little bit of ego to even be doing this, to be writing our stories and then putting them out in the world to be submitting them. So, I mean, anytime you know, writers listening think, oh, they're not confident, they can't do this. Well, you kind of already are. And why not believe in yourself, you know? And if you don't believe in yourself, who's going to? 
Maybe me. Maybe I'll do it. I'll be your friend. <laughs> Don't worry, listener. Yeah. Yeah. Your old boys, you. Um, <laughs> what? That's not what I said. That's definitely. You said it. <laughs> you can't. You can't say things and then say you said that. That's not how it works. Hey, when I edit this. It'll come out exactly as I want it to come out. <laughs> that, that is true. And don't worry, I'll take the audio and I will. Oh, no, you recorded it as well. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, this is my interview with Luke. I'm going to fucking fashion this together as your this is our appearance. <laughs> every other word is from a different sentence. Hello, yeah. I yeah. name is Luke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am be stupid. Li- <laughs> yeah, be like a little tribute to your Keith film <laughs> yeah um so okay so what I was going to say so uh people need to have more confidence in themselves if people listen to this and thinking I want a podcast media horror media empire that's going to take over the world how do I get a podcast media empire horror empire that's going to take over the world what would you what would you advise that 12 or maybe older or younger person to um uh, what would you advise them to do Well, I mean, I think as with a lot of these creative endeavors, it's small steps and, you know, it's putting in the work, it's realizing that this is a marathon, not a sprint, but have some clear vision in terms of what you want to do. You know, write down your goals. If you don't know a lot about writing goals, the previous episode of this very podcast where Luke is talking about writing goals. Listen to that. Enjoy it. Enjoy his northern voice. And then write your own goals. What do you want to do? What do you want to achieve? And I think, you know, with a podcast specifically, you want a consistent schedule, but you want a manageable schedule. So, Perhaps that is going to be, to begin with, a couple of episodes a month. Maybe it's only one episode a month. But, I mean, when people talk about starting something new, it's often a good idea to make it so easy that you're absolutely going to do it. So, I mean, you could look at exercise, for example. You want to start an exercise routine. Oh, I don't have time. Okay, do one push-up a day. Well, when you're down there, you're like, God damn it, I can make it too. Suddenly you're doing three a day. You are a, a strong, strong person. You yeah. three push-ups a day. And the, the same with like a writing routine. You know, maybe it's just to have that that routine once a week. Just make it so easy that you can't fail and then build upon that so it's about setting goals and intentions and then having something that you can build upon and you know also write where you want to be in the next year in the next five years in the next 10 years like have some sort of plan and then aim towards that but I do think you know longevity and keeping at it there's a lot to be said for that and I know that Tim Ferriss says and I'm going to completely butcher this but it's something along the lines of when people think about what they can achieve 
in the short term, they completely overestimate it. But when they think about what they can do in the long term, they underestimate it. So it really can be a case of slow and steady wins the race. I think we we forget about the cumulative effect and how we can build upon our successes. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. It's like investing. Like there's a kind of compounding effect mm. that happens when you when you spend a lot of time just just putting a bit of time away every every week or every day or whatever, however you want to schedule it. But it does it does, you do get interest in it does come back to you um, uh, in in spades. And yeah, I would completely agree. Also, get get a spreadsheet. I don't know if you guys use a spreadsheet, but we have like a publishing spreadsheet, and we just have to tick little boxes off as we go, and that really helps uh, to keep us going. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any kind of organizational tools that will work for you. And I mean, you know, that that's the key. People will often say, well, what's what's the best way to do X, Y or Z? And it's like, well, the one that will work for you, the one that you will stick at. So I think, you know, it don't really follow any kind of hard rule whether it's writing whether it's business but you know be adaptable and experiment and i mean for for writing for example some people they can sit down and they can write for hours and they're not distracted other people there's things like the pomodoro method put a timer for 20 minutes right for those 20 minutes undistracted the timer goes off right now you can get up you can make a coffee you can do one of your free push-ups whatever you want to do yeah yeah um great great advice i'm expecting there to be hundreds more horror empire media empires to, to be rising up across the world thanks very much michael but guess what it's time for the big hard one Ooh. which is a slightly Ooh, uh... difficult question it might, it might not be a slightly difficult question. Uh, so look who's here. It's Morpheus from The Matrix. He's got oh, two okay. delicious pills for you, but you can only choose one. The blueberry-flavoured pill will allow you to make one of your books a best-selling book. Uh, the other pill, the strawberry sundae flavoured pill, will allow you to make two of your friends' worst best-selling books, but not your own. Which pill do you take? And do you take it from Morpheus' hand with your own hand, or do you just get it out of his hand with your mouth? <laughs> oh, God. I knew when when you described the blueberry pill, I thought, oh, fuck, you're going to make this something where I have to be selfless or selfish. <laughs> I knew <laughs> something like this was coming. Well, you know what? People might now unsubscribe. They might stop being my patron. But I'm I'm gonna take the blueberry pill. But then what I'm gonna do with my new fame and my bags of money? I'm gonna help other people. I'm gonna start a This Is Horror scholarship. So in fact, because of my newfound wealth and fame, I'm going to then be able to help more than two people turn their own novels into bestsellers so you know people a great answer (laughs) thank you thank you people often say you know in 
like a kind of emergency situation, make sure your own safety belt is on first. Make sure, you know, you use your own oxygen mask. That's what I'm doing. I'm putting my own oxygen mask on. I'm delving in mouth first into Morpheus's hand. I'm taking that <laughs> pill. I'm Tugging lapping it up. it up. And then I'm going to help other people. There it yeah, is. If you're, if you're caught of your pants down, pull your own pants up first is what I would yeah. say. Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> or, you know, if you're particularly ambidextrous, you can pull yours up and a friend's at the same time. That's what I've always said from a very young age. <laughs> that's what, what I always used to say to me yeah. just now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael, watch out. It's the quick fire round. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I've got five quick questions for you. Very short, very slickety. Are you ready? Okay, yes. Number one, when you go to bed, do you refer to yourself as Michael David Wilsoff? No. Number two, do you believe in a thing called love or a thing called wonder? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Number three, there's no Coke. Is, is Pepsi okay? Yeah, that'll do. Uh, number four, do you prefer to write on paper or do you go directly to the source and write on the tree itself? You know, I, I generally do write on paper, but after this question, I think I might just go to the source and cut out the middleman. And number five, where can we follow you and your work? Well, you could either follow me by literally finding my address, but I'm not going to give that out. I don't even give it out to that, people who ask for it, like you, <laughs> to send that book to me. So if you can find me, I'm somewhere in you, Japan, Michael. you can literally follow me or more conventionally on twitter at wilson the writer my instagram is also wilson the writer and then you can also follow this is horror at this is horror on twitter and at this is horror podcast on instagram i'm gonna send out that book and i'm just gonna address it michael david wilson Japan. I think I'm pretty it'll sure it'll get there. It'll get to it'll Japan. Get, it'll get to Japan, yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine as many Michael David Wilsons living here. So, And the Japanese yeah. are very, very efficient and good customer service. I, I think they'll find me. <laughs> Come on, thanks very much for coming on. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure. Like I said, we've been friends for a little while, and for some reason we've just never got around to recording something. Well, or speaking to each other. Yeah, now we have. <laughs> we have lost our recording and speaking virginity, and it was most wonderful you know for me, and I hope it was good for you too. You know what? If we're ever in a situation where our pants are down, I'm going to pull yours up first. Oh, that is the nicest thing that anyone has said to me today. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'll pull yours up first too. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to go check out Michael's work. He's a fantastic chap, as I'm sure you uh, know now that you've heard him speak for a little while. Also, I'm going to sneeze. No, I'm not. Maybe I will. I don't know yet. Uh, go follow me on Twitter at Luke of Condor. Go to my website, buy my book. Just go to lukecondor.com. That's Condor with a K. I mean, or don't, you know. The, the, only, the best thing I can advise you to do today is to not get into any debt have a nice big drink of water and um, just take some you time 
you know, read a book, put your feet up, have a bath. And also buy my book. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.